Hey, what's up, folks? This is Tony Brewer. You're listening to Cogitations. Cogitations is the podcast where we think about things, we contemplate them, we turn them over in our minds, and then we discuss them. Daniel chapter 7, verse 28, Daniel writes, Hitherto is the end of the matter. As for me, Daniel, my cogitations much troubled me, my countenance changed in me, but I kept the matter in my heart. Now, we're not going to keep the matter in our heart. We're going to talk about it. Today, we're going to talk about a time where I changed my mind. If you've read the show notes or the description of this podcast, you know about what you're getting into. And if you've ever argued passionately and you've ever been very convicted about the point about which you are are arguing, then you have probably been accused of being a know-it-all, of being dogmatic, and being unwilling to change your mind whenever evidence is produced. And then typically a statement is made along with an unreasonable demand. You think you know everything. You think you're always right. There's your accusation. Then here's the demand. And the demand is designed to put you on your back foot, as it were, to uh, disarm you. The demand is, tell me one time whenever you've actually changed your mind about something. Well, my, my point here with this is, that's not a good argument. That's not where we need to go. In fact, that's almost ad hominem because you're attacking the person. It doesn't matter whether or not the person you're arguing with is a know-it-all. It doesn't matter whether or not they've ever changed their mind. It doesn't matter how dogmatic they are. We need to focus on the propositions at hand. We need to pro- focus on the topic at hand. So, like, for instance, if we're talking about abortion with one of our friends that are out in the world that we've met, and if they get, if the argument gets kind of heated and somebody throws that out, you don't have to concede this point, and, and you don't have to change the topic and make it a referendum on your convictions and your passion. You can say, listen, I'm, I, I am very self-possessed. I, I do try not to argue at all unless I'm 100% sure I'm right. So obviously I think I'm right and I think you're wrong. So let's just talk about the subject at hand. Let's talk about the subject based on its merits. Is what I'm saying the truth? Is what you're saying the truth in as much as it aligns with reality? So that's a, that's a good way of doing that. However, this podcast today is kind of letting you in behind the veil, if you, if, as it were. And I'm giving you an, a, a, I don't know, um, I'm giving you an expose, I guess. I don't know the right word. Of a time where I actually changed my mind. And I did this uh, episode last night for digitalbiblestudy.org, but it went rather long. There were some comments and stuff that kind of derailed the the podcast, and I didn't, I felt it was a very good live stream, but it probably wasn't good for a podcast. So this is, this is why you're getting this today. Incidentally, I am streaming this on uh, Cogitation's Facebook page, and if you're not following Cogitation's Facebook page, I would urge you to go over there and do that. I would also urge you to support me as a podcaster. You can do that through patreon.com forward slash near churches. And you can also support digitalbiblestudy.org, which helps me out as well. Uh, We've got a couple of folks in. Uh, This is an impromptu live stream uh, with no preamble or uh, promotion. 
So we've got three or four folks in. Thank you so much. If if y'all would share this live stream, uh, that would help us get more people in. Uh, Katie Smith, Jonathan Exum uh, says good afternoon and hello. Good to, good to see y'all. Jonathan and Katie are uh, very longtime listeners, and uh, I'm I'm really thankful that they're here. So I used to believe in my heart of hearts that the church needed a really good persecution. And I cringe now when I think about the way I used to believe this and, and some of the things I used to say. Let me, let me give you my reasoning first why I held that position. When you go through the book of Acts, every time the church was persecuted, growth happened. It strengthened the church. I still believe that to be the case today. In other words, uh, the Riverview Church of Christ has, has recently been through a very tumultuous few months. Um, it, 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 was, it was a persecution. It was a time of persecution. But it made us stronger. However, we lost some people. We lost some people that, are, that were on the fringe that couldn't handle it. If it were not the case, or if it were the case that we could have avoided that turmoil, these people who were, even though they were on the fringe, they were in Christ, they would still be faithful. Their faith were tested and they found, they were found wanting. It is not my role to do the testing. I am not the judge. I am not in charge of anything. No one is. Now, it is the case that the church was made stronger. But there are precious souls for whom Christ died that were lost. Hopefully they will be given enough time to come back. Hopefully they see the error of their ways. But if Jesus comes back right now, they're lost. If they die right now, they're lost, and they wouldn't be other. They wouldn't be if we hadn't have gone through that turmoil, that distress. Now let's let's zoom out and get a bigger picture of let's say let's talk about the church in the United States of America. I used to believe that the best thing for the church in the United States of America would be for people to be in power that would actively persecute the church. Oh, how bad this is. And Jonathan knows where I'm going. I think Jonathan might have been listening last night as well. First uh, Timothy 2, 1 through 6. We're going to look at that text today. And it is that text that caused me to change my mind about this. First Peter, Peter writes, or actually, well, that's terrible. The first Peter, second Peter, God is not slack concerning his promises. Some men count slackness. But is long suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So we know God's will is that all should come to repentance. He is not willing that any perish. Who in the world was I to be actively praying for a persecution of the church? This is why I think this is such an egregious error on my part is because it is true that if the church in the United States were to come under persecution, that the church would be strong, but it would also be smaller. 
So if you have a congregation of 100 people, you're going to have some members on the fringe and you're going to have a core group. Your core group is going to stay, come, forgive me the colloquial uh, phrase, come hell or high water. Those on the fringe are going to be lost. If the persecution never comes, those on the fringe, their, t- their faith will never waver and they will die and they will go to paradise or Jesus will come back and take them to heaven. If I'm praying for persecution, guess what? I am praying directly contrary to God's will on behalf of some people because God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Let's look at this text in uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2, and let's flesh this out some. Therefore, I exhort that first of all, supplication, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth, period. Why in the world is I praying for persecution? God wants civil rest. Why? Because the church thrives in civil rest. When there is civil unrest, there are people who are on the fringe who would otherwise remain faithful who, would, who will fall away. And God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God is, it is acceptable and good in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth, that we lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. When there is active persecution, whenever there is civil unrest, it's much more difficult to lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. And Jesus died to remove as many barriers of entry to the kingdom as he possibly could. There is only one barrier to entry for the kingdom of God, and that is discipleship in Christ Jesus. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. If you would just be a disciple of Christ Jesus, you will see the kingdom. You will die in a right relationship with God the Father. You will die in faith and you will spend an eternity with him in heaven. Wonderful, wonderful thoughts. Why would we not want as much as, as much time of civil rest as possible? Why in the world could somebody be so, I don't know what the word is, arrogant is not true, misguided? And maybe it is a little bit of arrogance and pride because I, I would I would think that if the persecution came, I would be one of the ones that remained faithful. Maybe I wouldn't. Think about that. If you're thinking that what this church needs in the United States of America is a little bit of persecution, you might be deluded. You might be one of the ones that fall away because of it. So I've I've actively changed my mind about that. I try my best. Well, I pray for peace. I pray for leadership for our nation that's going to cause civil rest. So anyway, I uh, got some good comments here. Um, good deal. Jonathan said, it's also my devotional tonight at Bible study. That's talking about the First Timothy passage. 
Deborah O'Neill says our core group is about 20 or so. We're having to combine with another congregation to keep the doors open. We lost a lot of people over the pandemic, absolutely. And I think a lot of a lot of folks were lost over the pandemic. I think Satan did something in a couple of years that he couldn't accomplish in 2,000 years, and that stopped the work of the church. That's it. Sit at the master's table, enjoy feasting on his word, and you will receive the joy that comes by doing so. That's it. And, and you know, the thing about it is, Again, I don't want to pray for an active persecution of the Lord's church. I don't do that anymore because I want to make sure that I'm in alignment with God's will. So that's where that's one place, that's one time I changed my mind. You know, we need to be open to changing our mind. Whenever evidence is presented from Scripture that uh, contradicts what our particular belief is, we need to be willing to change. And uh, anyway, that's... Not a very long podcast, not a very long live stream, but I just wanted to get on here and I wanted to flesh that out and uh, use this for the podcast today, November 9th. I am very pleased with some of the things that I saw in the midterm elections in the United States. I think the country is going to be better. I think it's a net positive. And I really believe that if Christians get out and vote values, just look at the Democratic Party platform. Look at the Republican Party platform. Look at what they're actively promising to do. Don't worry about race. Don't worry about color. Don't worry about uh, anything that the media is telling you to worry about. And just listen to what Joe Biden and the Democrats are promising they're going to accomplish. I don't think a Christian, you don't have to vote Republican, but you can't vote Democrat. And I'm, I'm willing to stand behind that statement. And I didn't believe that a few years ago either. When I look, when I look back on, on politics and stuff growing up, the, the Democrats and the Republicans in the United States of America were just two wings on the same bird. They had the same goal in mind. They were just having debates and, and trying to order uh, between themselves how to get to the end goal. Now the end goal is totally different. The Democrats want to tear down uh, Western culture and Judeo-Christian values, and the Republicans want to conserve that. And the Democrats are pulling this nation towards a Marxist, anti-religion environment. So much so that even the Muslims who want to tear down Western culture, even the Muslims have started uh, ousting the Democrats in many areas. So just think about that. Allow, allow what I've shared with you today to cause you to look at what's going on in our world today and reassess some of your convictions when it comes to politics. Um, Jonathan says, I agree. Sometimes I say the demon rats and the Republican and the Republicans. I choose by looking at the candidate and God's word. I'll never stand by a party that is openly for killing babies. Yes. And you know what? That hasn't always been the case. It has it. It hasn't always been the case that you, you can look at, a, a, a politician with a D by their name 
and you know for a fact that their platform, that they are for killing babies wholesale. John D. Barry was ousted from the Democratic Party because he wouldn't toe the party lines. At least in the Republican Party, you have a plethora of different people at different levels of conviction, and and there's a there's a it's not a monolith. There's some infighting. There's some squabble in the Republican Party. That's a good thing. You don't want two parties, both of which are monoliths. Anyway, I'm I'm going to get off that. Um, that's it. That's what compromise will get you in politics. That's it. All right. So I hope that I've said something today that has helped you. I hope if you've experienced this accusation of being a know-it-all and then a demand of tell me one thing where you've actually had to change your mind, it's a healthy thing to know that. I don't think it's very profitable in a debate to go down that road. But I think it is for you, for introspection, it is good for each individual to know themselves well enough to know a time in which they've changed their mind. And I have several of them, uh, one of which is, was Jesus forsaken on the cross? And I've changed my mind about that. He absolutely was not forsaken on the cross. Um, some other things I could come up with. Um, Barry O'Dell says, I saw recently in a post among preachers that we should never mention D's and R's because some will be unnecessarily uh, offended. I could not disagree with that more. Neither can I. Yeah, the, 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 in fact, um, I said in the live stream last night that gospel preachers, it is incumbent upon them to guide a congregation in, in, in the right way to vote. In other words, if you're going to vote, here is what you're voting for when you vote for candidate A. Here's what you're voting for when you vote for candidate B. And God hates everything candidate B stands for. Therefore, you might not have to vote for candidate A if your conscience won't allow it. But you cannot vote for candidate B and be right in the eyes of God. I, I, I don't understand. All things that pertain to life and godliness are, are given to us by the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Do you think that means everything except how we vote? I'm not even going to insult your intelligence by answering that rhetorical question. Anyway, I got to be done with that or I'm going to get on a soapbox. Um, thank you all so much. This has been Tony Brewer with Cogitations. As I said, I hope I've said something that has uh, enlightened you or edified you in some way. Remember, uh, be introspective. Be willing to change your mind when uh, new evidence presents itself and have a, have a good enough knowledge of yourself. Know thyself enough to know where you have changed your mind. And that will make you a much more formidable person whenever it comes to having debates or discussions about uh, things about which you're convicted. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, this is Tony Brewer with Cogitations. Consider supporting me as a podcaster. The way to do that's in the show notes. Uh, be sure and subscribe or, or follow the Cogitations podcast channel on Facebook. And uh, we'll catch you on the flip side.